Hi, my name is Donna and you are listening to The Noble Art of Wellbeing. Today I had the pleasure of interviewing the inspirational Dana Falsetti. Hi Dana and welcome to the show. Hi Donna, thanks for having me. You're welcome. So firstly Dana, can you tell me a little bit about your yoga journey? Yeah, absolutely. So I've been practicing for probably about four and a half years now. I started practicing yoga about halfway through college after uh, a year of sort of really dieting and exercising and trying to lose weight, which had sort of been the cycle of, you know, my whole life, uh, really yo-yoing with my weight up and down and, and really actively trying to get smaller, thinking that that would be the thing to change sort of everything else in my life. And I had this year of that dieting and exercising and I lost um, a significant amount of weight, a, a little over a hundred pounds. So very different physical body. And what happened was I like arrived essentially in this new body and realized that nothing had changed because I hadn't changed. Um, and that sort of led me to feeling like my reality was starting to shift a little bit and like something wasn't quite adding up. Some of the sort of hard truths that I knew were thought to be true were maybe not so true. And I ended up sort of stumbling into my first yoga class just as a, a way to try something new. I was tired of going to the gym and um, the rest is sort of history. So I've been, I've been practicing for four and a half years now. I fell in love with yoga very quickly um, and everything that my body um, could do through practice and, and realizing that I was strong and capable. And I was really inspired in the beginning to um, share that message and then realized how many other people felt like they couldn't practice yoga or that this community or the space wasn't for them or their yeah. teachers didn't know or that they weren't represented in classes or, you know, the whole long list of things. And I started feeling like, wow, this practice has done so much for me and has truly set me down a different path. At this point, it's completely changed my life. Four years ago, I could feel that coming and I felt um, very drawn to share it. And so I decided to sort of, instead of following the path that I had been on previously, instead um, start sharing sort of the message of yoga and that it is in fact accessible to everyone and that it's also um, so much more than the asana that we see. Okay, and what was your first yoga class like, Dana? My first class, I went to an all-levels Anusara class. I was home for the summer from school in um, Philly, in Pennsylvania. And I walked in, and I remember the class pretty pretty vividly. I was the biggest person in the room, for sure, uh, the beginner sort of student on top of that. And I remember feeling, and I've said before, that uh, that first class sort of felt like um, – sort of like my whole life, like flashing before my eyes in the scenario of a yoga class. So it was like, you don't belong here and you're not going to be able to do any of these things and your body isn't right for this and all of these other people are more suited for this and I'm in there, you know, not able to hold down dog for five breaths between postures and child pose is not comfortable or accessible for me and all of these things that are being offered are not really clicking and I'm watching everybody else in the class do all of these amazing things. This woman's jumping back from crow and this guy's doing the optional headstand. And I'm just like, well, <laughs> um, you know, do I, is this for me? Essentially, is this for me? And, and I left that class. And of course I, I went into that class, um, with the same sort of negative 
self-talk that I had going on my whole life um, about myself and about my body. And I brought that with me. And those things continued to come up as I practiced um, until sort of eventually one day um, they fell away as I started to sort of see the other side of things. Okay. And so, so, so basically for you, Dana, yoga brought you home to yourself, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. And I've said that, you know, I've said before, um, the sort of beauty of the whole practice and the thing that has allowed me to understand myself and, and share these messages um, about critical thought and self-awareness and self-empowerment is that, um, you know, coming home to who you are, coming to that place of self-assuredness, not from a sense of ego, but from this sort of unshakable ground um, of what is the essence of you. And I really feel like you know, sort of before my practice, I was very much asleep and very much disconnected and, and didn't know who that person was or what that was. And now I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is what is unshakable for me. Okay, good. And in that class, Dana, did you feel self-conscious at all? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I definitely felt self-conscious the whole class, very fidgety um, with my clothes, you know, I was fixing my pants and I was sort of making sure my belly wasn't showing and um, you know, kind of looking around the room and comparing and yeah, absolutely. Okay. And when Dana, did you get over that in the course of your practice? When did you just, you know, show up on your mat and thought, you know, whatever's going to be, is going to be, my body will do what I can do on my mat today. Yeah. I, you know, over time and it, and in the beginning, as I started to practice and I got stronger and, and that started to change my perspective a whole lot when I started realizing that my body had the capability of strength in a way that I didn't really know before. That started to change my perspective in a huge, very important way that I needed badly to sort of shift from um, my own expectations and the own boundaries and limits that I had sort of put on myself um, that I thought were coming from other places. So it shifted over time basically from something that was very, very external to something that is now very internal. Um, and the reason that I practice is to feel connected to myself and to feel like to really just feel. And that's when all of the other things sort of started to fall off, right? It's not about, it wasn't about anymore what the other person, the other experience that they were having on their mat. And it wasn't about being able to do certain things with my body, but instead showing up for myself and having this really amazing experience of, of self exploration, Um, and that's, what's really beautiful about the practice. And I think a lot of people in the beginning come from, you know, we're all sort of trapped in this very external world and we're all, uh, sort of visually stimulated and we've got egos and all of these things. And I think a lot of people approach most things from a very external place, including yoga practice. And what happens is over time you start to see, um, that, in totality sort of this the external physical world um, and how much value we put on that is really just not all there is and there's there's this whole other um, sort of dimension if I can say there's this whole other dimension of feeling and that's what the focus shifted to wanting to um, put time towards that instead of anything else including um, my own insecurities or fears or doubt or negative self-talk. Yeah. And, and Dana, you've got a wonderful yoga practice. There's even things that I can't do. And I just in awe of you, but when you first got on your map, were there any body limitations that you 
thought you had and you were blown away that they did not exist because I see that so often when my students come to my classes yeah absolutely I I well I certainly never thought that any sort of like intermediate postures would be available to me I never thought like arm balances or inversions or even like deep back bends or anything sort of beyond what we consider to be foundational postures would ever be accessible to me because when I started the foundational postures were really challenging but also I had the sort of misconception about my body's abilities because my body is large and what gets painted as you know what is sort of possible for people who look like me so it was sort of a combination of self-limiting thought and then also being limited by sort of society's perceptions of fat bodies and then also slightly being limited by my physical body I still you know and I, I wrote a post recently about how I love that I have to you know, internally rotate my thigh for something or move my belly out of the way to get into a posture that's become part of my process and sort of part of the what's beautiful about the journey for me. Um, but it definitely wasn't always like that. Uh, and it sort of came with time and it came from realizing that my body um, is sort of not the enemy and is not against me and actually is so capable and so strong of all of these things if I can just find a way to work with it um, instead of against it all the time. Okay. And how did you find a way to work with your body, Dana? For someone that's a total novice that wants to get on the yoga mat that has so many fears about the experience they may encounter. Of course, yeah. I think the thing that made the biggest difference was just body awareness, honestly. And, and in the beginning, or before my yoga practice, I, I didn't have any body awareness. And I've thought about this a lot sort of after the fact because at the time, I think I was so shut off from wanting to exist in the body that I had, that I had no body awareness at all. And then when I started practicing, that starts to just come with time. You have to start figuring out how to make things work for you. And it's this really sort of innately self-empowering process because you're the one who has to be inquisitive about it. And, you know, I'm touching my body during practice and sort of moving myself around and settling myself into the postures. And it's something that just comes with time, you know, and I mean, I know that we all say sort of the practice is the mirror to yourself and you see, you see yourself very clearly and, and it's true. And, and it's hard to, to explain it um, to people who are new because everything is very physical in the beginning of the practice because you're new to maybe your body, you're new to the postures, you're new to the practice, you're, you know, you have to build up um, that sense of body awareness. It's like kind of any skill, you know, you put, you have to put the time and the effort and the practice into the skill and then it all of a sudden it becomes sort of second nature. And once um, moving in my body, became natural to me because it wasn't before and now it sort of is that's what sort of opened the door and allowed the space for all of these other things that we're talking about okay and basically what you've learned Dana how have you been able to incorporate that into your everyday life and what examples can you give us yeah I mean it's it's been pretty wild honestly over the last few years I feel um very different, like a very different person seeing life very differently. And, and it comes from the fact that the perspective has changed, you know, the lens has changed. I was looking through a much darker, much more sort of victim role lens before, whereas now I see things very differently. And, and I, and I was actually thinking about this the other day, you know, why, 
um, what has changed and why has this changed so much. And, and I've recognized that prior to my practice, I think my whole mind, my brain space was completely occupied by fears and doubts and insecurities, worrying about other people's perceptions of me and how I looked and all of that. And then once that started to fade away through my practice, through my physical practice, um, that's when things in my life started to change. And I think that what really happened was I cleared out space um, sort of in my heart and you know emotional space and also mental space for things like critical thought um, that are really the pieces of the puzzle that have changed the quality of my life. Um, you know, being very compassionate, being very aware of the experience of others, things like that are what are actually important to me and actually make my life um, really, really beautiful. And so that has been um, that has been the greatest shift and the starting point was sort of moving through the, um, you know, the narrative and the boundaries of my physical body to realize um, that all of this time I've had space for so much more and that there really is so much more to be valued and appreciated for all of us. Okay, thank you. And Dana, how do you feel about being what some people class as being an, an an Instagram sensation or, or, or fits, um, is it fitspiration? I can't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Inspiration. Whatever, That's whatever, whatever. <laughs> I, I feel kind of whatever about it. I mean, I, I feel very grateful to have the audience. I feel very grateful to, to share the message. And the thing that is the coolest about all of it is that I can help somebody else on their journey indirectly by just being transparent about my own because this whole process has just been my own self-exploration and it remains that way I just sort of I share it and allow people to to learn from it so for me it's just really about getting the message out there it's also about the visibility for large bodies especially large bodies maybe um, doing things that we don't normally see, whether that be it, not even an arm balance or an inversion, but just having a yoga practice or just moving, you know. Um, so for the sake of representation and for the sake of visibility and, and getting the message out there, it's amazing. Um, beyond that, it's it's whatever. I'm, I'm actually very introverted and, um, you know, outside of social media, I'm sort of a, a quiet um, loner <laughs> hermity type. And so it's just, you know, it's cool for the purpose that it serves. And, and beyond that, um, not much else for me. Okay. And what's been the, the feedback from people that follow you on, on social media? I mean, it's been, it's been all over the place. It's been mostly awesome. It, yeah. You know, and what I care about are the people who are getting something out of it. Um, it's been mostly awesome. It's been, for the last four years, uh, people leaving comments like, you know, I never thought that I could do this until I saw this photo of you doing it and I have a similar body to you and now I'm kind of wondering, um, maybe this is possible for me or maybe it's not about yoga, but just seeing somebody confident and authentic and, and really being true to who they are is innately inspiring and sort of allows other people to do the same for them. So I think that everybody pulls something a little different and I recognize that you know, I write a caption and I'm meeting every single person who reads it where they are at. And so they're going to get what, whatever they need from it. And that's all been awesome and, and amazing. Of course, there's everything on the other end of the spectrum as well. I get, you know, called out, I mean, just silly, shame, you know, shaming 
words, you know, people call me fat as an insult and things like that. Um, and, uh, occasionally the, you're promoting o- obesity or, you know, this is an unhealthy, um, thing to be promoting, you know, pushing onto people or, you know, what are you teaching people? So there's the whole, you know, the whole argument that is still just very much ingrained in diet culture and in the way that people, um, see fat bodies and what we sort of know to be true about them and the backlash that comes from that. But then there's this huge community of people who are the people who need to be represented are the ones who look like me. And then maybe the ones who don't look like me, but who kind of get this and get why it's important and also want to be involved. Yeah. And do you believe that health at every size, Dana? Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And even beyond health at every size, you know, acceptance and respect at every size. And and that's, you know, that's what's so frustrating for me about the the health um, comeback as sort of the argument anytime someone in a visibly large body um, puts themselves out there is that, you know, this whole sort of movement, um, you know, body positivity and and representation for marginalized bodies is, is about that. It's about um, acceptance and respect. And, you know, quite frankly, you don't even, you don't need to be healthy to be respected. And so I think there's, there's really a fine line there. Um, so yeah, health absolutely at every size and in every, you know, body type and also acceptance and respect for, you know, all bodies in all stages of health as well. Yeah. And I, and I follow you as well, Dana, and I see that you speak out on things that, you know, if they don't sit well with you, you're very, you're very vocal about that as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, for me, um, and that's evolved. I mean, I wasn't always so sort of like outright about, you know, controversial opinions or things that make people uncomfortable or whatever, but over time and as I've grown the audience as well, I mean, I, I feel very strongly that, you know, if I have all these people listening to me and I also recognize that I'm in a huge position of privilege and that because I fit all of these different criteria, people listen to me and take what I say, um, quite seriously most of the time. And, and so I'm going to use that, um, to, to do something positive and, and make an impact and not just, um, sort of ignore the things that I see as, um, as hurdles that, you know, I think we really can get over with self-awareness and, and critical thought and things like that. And so I absolutely am expressive about all sorts of things. And, and to the point that, you know, yoga and in the last few years, yoga has gotten very trendy and we see it everywhere and it's portrayed in a very specific way. And, um, I think that it's just put this sort of veil over what the practice is, right? Like I'll talk about, um, social justice or something in, in spiritual spaces or spiritual bypass. And somebody will tell me to stick to yoga. And it's just very funny because, you know, yoga is action. And to me, yoga is all of these things. It is caring about the experience of others and sort of bringing humanity up in all of this. So I speak to those things because quite frankly, um, there aren't a lot of popular, um, and I say popular meaning like social media popular um, yoga accounts that that do that. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel very strongly that that's really what it is all about. Um, I'm not very interested in uh, asana for show. I mean, I'm interested in asana for self-inquiry and um, body awareness and all of the lessons that you can learn from the practice. Um, but beyond that, it's everything else. And so I've you know, the platform, my platform has transformed over the years as I have, um, from being sort of about the physical strength of yoga to being about 
critical thought and caring about others and considering experiences and, and taking action and, and not choosing silence. And, and my hope is that by doing that in a very public way that I can maybe encourage others to do that in their, their own social circles and actually make some changes. Okay, thank you, Dana. And Dana, um, we, we touched on the yoga industry. What is your viewpoint on the industry as it stands right now? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm a little jaded. <laughs> I would say I'm a little jaded by it, and and maybe at a point of being a little bit cynical as well. Um, I you know I've shifted away from it quite a bit. I would say in the last year or so, after you know working in um, commercialized or corporatized yoga for the last few years, and and seeing the way that yoga is portrayed and, and almost as this very strange extension of, you know, diet culture has turned into wellness culture and the way that yoga is portrayed is very much tied into wellness culture. And it's very interesting to see the kind of bodies that get portrayed in yoga, um, the kind of postures that people want to be able to do and that people use to, to market things. Um, and the fact that I can't, you know, every commercial has someone doing some out of aligned like warrior two like on a mattress to sell a mattress or you know using using asana not I won't even say using yoga because it's that's not what it is using asana um you know to sell products and you know there's there's just a lot going on sort of in in western um yoga yoga culture and and that's the other reason that I've that I've undergone this shift is I've watched this sort of accelerate over the years and also working in it sort of behind the scenes. And I've seen so much that I don't like. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's why I've shifted from, okay, it's not just about this and it's not just the asana. And yeah, I want to encourage people in all bodies to practice and I will always teach, um, from that point of view. Uh, but that's uh, the other reason that I've started using my platform to shift into these difficult conversations that other people aren't having because, um, you know, and, and I get it because I said earlier, right, we're very trapped like in this physical world. And I think that people, you know, what you can see and what you can sense um, is much easier to conceptualize and understand than something that you can feel. You know, feeling takes a lot more to to explain and, and critical thought takes a lot more to explain. So I can pull you in very easily by showing you this very flashy arm balance. I'm not going to as easily pull you in when I talk about social justice in spiritual spaces and spiritual bypass. So I get sort of why everything is at the place that it's at, but it's also, it's such a detriment to me. It's such a detriment to what the practice is and, and the true healing ability. Um, that the practice can bring and, and it's it's sad to me to to watch all of it sort of be diluted um for the sake of commercialism and also to see it um be catered to the most privileged in a variety of ways when obviously this is a practice for everyone and is truly a healing space you know it's not rainbows and butterflies it's not all handstands on the beach it's not all smiles all the time people come to yoga because there is some darkness most of the time people come to heal and and it has that um ability it gives you that space and um you know i hope that people know uh that that is available to them and and that's why i, I certainly why i do the the work that i do okay thank you dana and then you said that you you've, you sort of pulled back a little bit um is that because you were unhappy with the way in which you were personally portrayed I know you were in the you were in the media quite a bit so were you happy with the way you were portrayed or, or not yeah um mostly not I mean sometimes yes and it's always a fine line you know I'm always having this sort of internal 
dialogue with myself about how much I'm willing to allow myself to be sort of tokenized uh, for the sake of representation mm -hmm. and the sake of visibility. And that's certainly a valid question and a valid discussion. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was cool for a while and then it started to get really frustrating because it's, you know, it, it's like a circuit. I felt like I was a circus show <laughs> for, for a while there, sort of fat girl in, in a forearm stand. And this is like, so amazing, you know, come look at this. And, you know, I appreciate it again for the sake of that visibility. And I know that it has that really awesome, positive impact, but I don't want <laughs> the value to be, um, you know, on the ability. And this is something that I was talking about just recently. Um, you know, where's the acceptance for large bodies or the visibility for large bodies that are not athletic and that are not doing, you know, all of these insane things to sort of prove themselves to other people. There's still this standard of ability and, and, and all of that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been very interesting to watch. It's also been very rewarding because it's given me a lot of opportunities and it's allowed me to get my message out to more and more people. So there are certainly two sides to it, but I will say that I've, uh, I'm a little tired yeah. <laughs> after the last few years. I'm definitely a little tired. And, um, you know, that sort of combined with uh, commercialized yoga and, and everything that I've seen and experienced is, is, it has been, you know, the push that I needed though to, to delve into what is sort of beyond that. And I love the place that I'm at now with all of this critical thought and doing more speaking engagements and still teaching accessible yoga, but a little more um, outside of, of, you know, mainstream media, a, a little bit less uh, than before. Not for lack of visibility, but for lack of, you know, being the circus, being the circus, uh, sideshow sort of thing. And so I have to be careful, you know, and that's just what it is. I'm, um, you know, I fit a lot of things. I'm young and I'm white and I've got, you know, able body and all of these things, but I'm in a fat body. And so I, you know, I recognize that I get, um, tokenized for that one thing and I have to be mindful of, um, how I allow it, uh, to be portrayed. And it sounds like Daniel, you're taking control back. Over yeah, how you're yeah. portrayed in your life as well. And that sounds like a, a very good place to be coming from right now. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's it's been a process because in the beginning, you know, I said yes to things all the time to get the name, you know, get myself out there, get the message out there. And now that I've sort of built up the, um, the clout, if I can, you know, I've built up the, um, you know, I'm at the ability now where I say no a lot. <laughs> now I can say no a, a lot and, um, you know, have found myself through the process and know what I need for myself and know what is not okay for me and what doesn't work for me. And because I have this strong sort of assuredness of self that is directly tied to my own values and morals and integrity, um, I can say no much more easily and, and pick the things that are really working well for me. Yeah. And what is your hope, Dana, for yoga in the future? Well, I hope that uh, it's not so much about asana. Mm. I hope that we can see an actual true variety of body types in asana when it is portrayed and not just fat bodies and thin bodies, but bodies of all different color, bodies of all different ages, bodies of all different abilities, everything. I would be thrilled to see um, anything even coming close <laughs> to actual diversity yeah. um, sort of in, in the yoga world because it's not even remotely it's it's so far from diverse that um, 
what is not diverse, I think many people think is diverse. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's like at that point. So that would be my, my biggest, biggest hope because that's the first step, you know, getting people in through the door and, and people need to see themselves to know, um, that it's okay. Because if you see the same body over and over and over again in a crazy posture, why are you ever going to go to a yoga mm -hmm. class? Why are you, why would you ever think that it was for you? Yeah. And it really, you know, the practice has, it's changed my, it really has changed my life completely. I mean, just down a completely different path that I never could have imagined and living in such a full awake, you know, really beautiful way that I never could have imagined. And I want that for everybody. So whatever needs to happen <laughs> to get everybody to realize that there is something for you in the yoga practice, or even if it's not yoga, there is something for you. Um, in life, even if you're not represented, um, that's so important to me. So I, I hope to see it diversify. I hope to see the the trend of it honestly kind of die down. I would love to see companies not you know that have nothing to do with yoga not using it uh, to sell products. And um, there are a lot of changes I would love to see, but really I just want as many people to practice um, as possible. Yeah, no, I'm I'm there with you on that as well, Dana. Because there's a lot of people that just won't even look at yoga because they just see this one type of yoga body, and unfortunately, that's what they believe they have to do, and they won't even get on the mat. People like yourselves, um, Diane Bondi and Jessamine, you know, are helping to change that, and I hope the same will happen in the in the UK. And that leads me nicely on, um, Dana, that you're coming over to visit us. Yay! Next month, <laughs> are you looking forward to coming to the, to the UK? I'm so, so excited. I've never been to London. I can't wait. And I just can't wait to meet, you know, everybody who's going to come to the workshops because yeah. I've been traveling around the States and I can't wait to get uh, over to London. Yeah. And just for the, anyone listening, Dana, coming to a workshop, what can they expect? So, yeah. So basically what you can expect from me is lots of Dharma talk kind of things, lots of things to leave you with more questions, critical thoughts, self-awareness. I share a lot of my thoughts about my journey and reality and consciousness and all of that. And then every workshop I teach from, you know, my sort of understanding of my own practice. So I teach in a way that is very much available to everyone, maybe a little more catered towards large bodies. I give lots of sort of cues and tips and tricks for um, how to make specific postures work for you and where you're at. But even more so than that, you know, my goal as a teacher always is, you know, not to empower the student, but I want the student to be self-empowered because that's what's been so impactful for me. So my goal is to give you a toolbox of resources, a, a variety of, of resources, of self-awareness, of you know your asana practice, of understanding what you're actually asking your body to do um, in, in postures and things like that. Give you that toolbox of resources so that you can actually empower yourself. So I've got everything from you know the creating space workshop where We'll, we'll check out some different options for alignment and things um, that you might not be familiar with that are sort of out of the typical lines that work well for different bodies, all the way up through the Intro to Inversions workshop where we do um, you know, a breakdown on supported headstand and all of that. And then my fave is the, the workshop for teachers where we can kind of just come together and um, you know, figure out how we can do better. And it's a conversation of accessibility in the way that you teach and in your offerings of language and how you speak to your students, the way you even transition them in and out of postures and body landmarks. And then the last piece is sort of checking yourself and your own 
um, assumptions and prejudices about the students who walk into your class and, and recognizing if that's impacting them. So we're going to have some really awesome conversations about um, how we can all sort of do better for ourselves um, and for everyone. Okay, and what are the dates, Dana, that they're taking place? It is November 3rd to 5th. I've got those four workshops for students. It's Creating Space, the Fundamentals Workshop, where we break down a sun salutation for all bodies, um, Intro to Inversions Workshop, and then the Restorative um, and Journaling Workshop. And then the fifth is the workshop for teachers specifically. Okay, I will be there for those. And, and it's taking place at um, Tri Yoga in, at their new studio in Shoreditch. I can't wait. Yep. Okay. And um, just um, finally, Dana, um, there are going to be people listening, Dana, that may have an interest in yoga and just think it's not for them. What advice would you have for them, Dana? It is. <laughs> it is for you. You just, you have to start, you know, you just have to start. And I know that that's easier said than done. And it can be discouraging if you've gone to a class that wasn't a great experience and you don't quite know where to start. But you have to just start. And the hardest part um, is absolutely continuing to show up for yourself. And that really is the key to everything. The practice is available to you. You might have to seek out resources to make it work for you, um, but it can work for you and it doesn't have to be the other way around. And there's so much waiting um, sort of beyond um, the startings of, of the practice. So it is for you. Make it happen. Make the decision to show up for yourself and continue to do that as many times as you possibly can. Okay. Thank you, Dana. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, it was awesome to talk to you. Thank you so much. You're welcome.